so cats and dogs. <laughs> Uh, I have decided that I will hold off on the cat. I might get a cat eventually later on, but for now on, uh, well, for now anyways, the priority is to get a dog. Typically, what? sorry, what was that? Oh, I was going to say, I have a dog that you can adopt. You can, I'll pay oh, yeah? the fee. It's fine. You <laughs> bit me yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Why? He had a dead bird. I'd take it from him. Oh, that's okay. He was yeah. just What kind of dog? I couldn't tell you. Some, a mutt. <laughs> Yeah, just like he's got like wow. he's like really small. Like I'm trying to think of a uh, like I always quantify things with my hands, so to do it like audio only is like a new thing for me. He's <laughs> like maybe like a foot and a half off the ground, little chonky boy. Got long like uh, white hair with like black spots, so we call him Domino. And uh, oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah, he's I a real like asshole. That. He's real. <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to swear on your show, but no, oh, yeah. you're good you're to go. Right. All right, perfect. Yeah, no, so real much. asshole. We I was gonna say, do you want to know the stereotypical white person dog? What's the stereotypal white person? Fucking dog? labs. A lab. Yeah, no, I was literally gonna say. No way. Everyone has a fucking lab, and that's yeah, like, labs. Are labs. Yeah, labs are mm-hmm. golden Yeah. I mean, I, ha- I like, I work as a vet assistant part uh, like as my part time job. I can literally walk into a room and labs have a typical smell to them. They always smell like wet dogs. So do retrievers. If there was a lab in that, you know, surgical suite or in the kennel, I can walk in the dogs and have to be there. And I will know there was a lab in there. And I just, I like, everyone's like, Oh, get a lab. And I was like, fuck that. I'm not getting a lab. I'm going to get something cool. <laughs> what if we were like in California and you know what the, the typical California dog is? It's like that tiny poodle or that weird like chinchilla. Oh, fuck. Chinchilla. Don't yeah, even get like, me started. Well, it depends on where in California. If you're mm-hmm. talking LA, then it's like, you know, the little that chihuahuas. Chihuahuas, yes. Yeah. That's the thing I was looking for. <laughs> exactly. I was like, yeah. one thing, everyone's scared of pit bulls. Like, they don't believe the little shit chihuahua demon dog doesn't exist. See, but the thing is, oh, with chihuahuas, so though, bad. you can always just kick them. You can. <laughs> okay, no, wait, with wait, pit bulls, wait, wait, wait. But the will just bite your leg off. No, here's know? my thing. I remember back when I was actually living in Malawi, I went over to my friend's house, and she had, like, a chihuahua dog, right? I remember getting out of the car, and it starts barking. I'm like, the fuck's this little sugar do, right? I start walking, and it's barking while running backwards. I'm like, ah, you little pussy. See? Yeah. And you're saying, like, about dogs, people, my biggest thing, and this like, comes from being, like, working in a vet's office, <sighs> this this can be a term, might turn a little rant, you know, labradoodles? Yeah. That everyone's like, oh, they're hyperallergenic, they're this, they're that. People are essentially paying $1,500 for a lab dog that is basically a mutt with no health testing and isn't hypoallergenic and is basically a lab poodle cross. Stop calling me a labradoodle it's a lab poodle it's like people call those beagle pug crosses puggles no it's a pug cross with a beagle it's called what it is stop making some fucking fancy name for it i think it just makes them like um what's the word easier for them to identify i don't know like you know people make names out of anything yeah look i'm not one i don't want to uh, i like to mince my syllables I will say mm-hmm. on a regular basis, you have a bad attitude, a bad attitude. I don't <laughs> bad, bad attitude. I like that. Your puggle has a bad attitude. Look, you well, just got that. The thing is, is so like hard. with the vet 
like with the vet system though when we have to put the breed of dog in there's no mm. puggle or labradoodle it's literally lab crop beagle crop so it's just like it's just it's like calling it's just like it's, people who like love harry potter or some shit as well just you know let's call it a puggle instead of a muggle because it's a yeah, mix of two things you know just just call it's like calling a spade a spade just call what it is we'll understand <laughs> It's a pug beagle mix. Stop giving it some fancy name. I guess I don't know. People are weird. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I was saying like earlier on, the typical black people dogs are usually Rottweilers or German Shepherds most of the time. Um, I guess that maybe might come from the whole wanting to protect your land or your property or your hood what type of background. Yeah. So you want to have the dogs that literally you just clap your hands or snap your fingers and they bite someone's arm off or whatever. <laughs> well, see, and it's also like a fear thing because like traditionally those dogs were used for like aggressive sort of – they're not aggressive dogs. Like you never have an aggressive dog. You have an, like bad owner is my rule. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I see what you mean. And like I, I very pro all animals. Um, but like, I have had some bad experience with both Rottweilers and Shepherds and before like growing up as a kid. Um, but whatever it, that's life. Tell was, uh, growing up, um, you, sometimes we just leave like our front door open. Like we wouldn't like lock the bolts. Mm-hmm. So we had this neighbor who wanted to come visit apparently. So he knocks on the door, but the door probably wasn't closed all the way. So the door just like pries open. And he's like, oh, like the door's open. I'm just going to walk in and see like whatever, how everyone's doing. So he walks in and our Rottweiler, we named him Prince. Um, he like, he's straight up like at the stairs. He sees him, chases him out the house, down the street, into the other street <laughs> and like makes a loop round back. And then my dad has to come out the house and yell Prince. And then Prince runs back into the house. Well, see, and I think it's also like a size thing. Like, I you can like I've met nice Rottweilers and nice German Shepherds, um and like but my thing is is like you know the Great Pyrenees like they're a livestock dog. Yeah. My friend has one who probably weighs as much as I do, and Archer is literally the sweetest dog ever. Like he is a working livestock dog. He sleeps with the sheep. He sleeps with the goats. He would probably lick an intruder to death. But the fact that his head comes to my boobs almost. It's that's just a sheer threat tactic is like the size of the dog is terrifying. Oh, my goodness. No, I love I love big dogs. I, I like I can see the appeal and the mm-hmm. love that people have for smaller dogs. But t- to me, I'm just more like, hmm, you know, if something happens, like, I don't know. Um, if I'm like if I'm at my girlfriend's house, for instance, and maybe I'm like, I don't know tickling her or something or like we get rowdy or we're i don't know fake wrestling or whatever um her dogs think we're fighting for real but guess what they do they go like they keep like a six foot distance from us and they bark that's all they do i have a <laughs> funny story they cannot do shit so, <laughs> so I'm i like have a with a big dog a big dog is getting involved in that he's gonna jump in you know i have a funny story about that so my yeah. first boyfriend had a dash hound so wiener dog right mm-hmm. when brian and i used to play wrestle oscar would get so protective of me not even of his owner of me and he would actually bite him Wow. Yeah, that's the thing. Wow. Bigger dogs just are just, you know, bigger dogs are just more, I don't know. Small we, dogs are okay, we, but... Uh, I don't know. I feel I'm, like bigger dogs, like, are aware that they are stronger. 
to some yeah. degree. And so we're like, I don't know. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm pulling this out of my ass. Like, I've seen so many more, like, docile big dogs than small dogs. Right. Because, like, if a small dog nips your hand, mm-hmm. it's fine. And, like, we fostered dogs for, like, three years. Yeah, had, like, a if it's a big one. dog, you gotta, you gotta put a band-aid on that. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, I mean, I had to band-aid yeah. my hand after my last, like, I got nipped the other day. But, I mean, it was, like, okay, it stopped bleeding, like, quickly. And I don't doubt that, like, he could have done more damage. Right. But also, like, a bigger dog doing the same thing is going to leave way bigger puncture wounds kind of deal. Oh, definitely. Well, one thing with that, and this is totally a size thing, um, this goes back to my relating the ch- a chihuahua. Is everyone scared of pit bulls? Like, chihuahuas don't exist. So we call it small dog syndrome in the vet industry because people don't discipline a dog that is under 10 pounds the same way they discipline a dog that is over 15 pounds. Like, I'm a huge, like, I love small dogs, medium dogs, large dogs. I prefer medium dogs just because, you know, that's just my thing. Like, do- big dogs, some of them are very aware that they're the size of a horse and a little more gentle. I mean, there you get the odd one that's like, I'm 150 pounds and I'm going to jump all over you because I can because I love you so much. But it's a total discipline thing and nobody will discipline a little dog because it's not going to do the damage that a big mm-hmm. dog does. It's like, I don't know if you saw that story on Facebook a couple years ago where it was like, a chihuahua bit a pit bull in the face and the pit bull snapped at the chihuahua. And if that had been the other way around, like in the chihuahua's owners was laughing, he's like, Oh, there, there, it's just, you know, a little nip. But if that had been reversed and the pit bull had bitten the chihuahua, it would have been like, you put that dog down now. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, there's like so. that huge hysteria between like pit bulls and Rottweilers too. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it's nearly as bad as it used to be, but like, mm-hmm. I remember like early, I remember playing in my fucking little sandbox and we're like, me and my buddy heard a dog bark and we're like, oh, what if it's Rottweiler? Like we ran inside and freaked out. This was in the middle of like St. Patel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So well, that's the thing. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, it's just the middle of the burbs for anybody not, not like familiar with the city. We were like, just like literally like terrified that these dogs would come and like jump into our yard and just rip us apart we were also like seven so yeah see and like i grew up in the country on an acreage like lots of bush and like we always had big dogs but i mean our neighbor down the road had this rottweiler and this is where my fear of rottweilers comes in a little bit where it's like this dog would run onto our property when we were in the yard as kids playing and like come growling and barking at us and it's like dude this isn't even your property like i get it you're trying to be like a guard dog but not your property (laughs) um and i mean but like my thing is also though we also had wolves and coyotes coming into our yard so you see a strange dog it was kind of like let's go into the house that's fair there's a little more reason for panic if it's like okay there are actual like hunting animals in the area the funniest was like this was a couple years ago my dad went to go get wood for the furnace and he comes back he's like oh yeah we had a timber wolf sleeping in the woodshed last night obviously i saw his bed pack and i was just like i came home at like god knows what hour last night and mm-hmm. i'm like i parked by the woodshed do small <laughs> dogs kill like wildlife like you know smaller rodents and stuff um if you have something like a rat terrier that's what they actually were originally bred to do is like kill rats right. on ships but i just mean like in general like would the smaller dogs do that? I think it really depends on the breed. If they have like a prey a drive, like if they're a terrier or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, and so I would that... say that the smaller dogs are more of a Jojo rabbit. 
Cut him. Cut him. That was not fun. I regret <laughs> coming onto this show. Yeah. <laughs> My whole heart. Listen, so if the bad. smaller no, dogs. No, no, Sam. No, that's not funny. <laughs> if the smaller dogs. No. no. Kill Rodan. Or do not kill Rodan, rather. I'll mute you. Then they're. He's muted now. I'm sorry. I'm not allowed to tell you. We are one step show. away from comparing small dogs to Nazis. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, some of them are pretty evil. They are. Oh, true. my goodness. That evil. Sam, say let's start the show. Welcome to the Northern Critic Podcast. I'm your co-host, Sam Shinobi. Uchi Simwaka. And Pam Hinchark. Yeah, and uh, but Michael is not here, actually. No, Michael again. got tied up. Yeah. yeah, he's always the one missing, right? Um, however, we do have a guest. Jordan, you want to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Jordan. Uh, <laughs> two cool things about me. Uh, I can kind of ski and I play the trumpet. I don't know you played a trumpet. Well, ahoy hoy, and welcome aboard. Thank you for Ahoy hoy? Jesus Christ. Ahoy hoy. I guess you do ahoy hoy Oh my goodness. Yeah, for those of you who, I guess, don't know who Jordan is already, is family or friends listening, Jordan's also a streamer, I believe. Yes. Well, I guess you can plug it at the end, though, but, you know, you could tell us a little bit about that, too. What games you play Here are my qualifications. I'll give you my qualification. I'll do my whole spiel about myself, like end of the thing but the whole reason i'm here is because i do a lot of movies aren't my media i uh i'm more of a video game and books guy i run right i won't i keep i'm not trying to like plug my stuff but the show arcanum unbound that i do is a book club and what we do is we tear these books apart essentially and we dissect them based on like the three big aspects of a good story like the uh the world building the character creation and like the writing etc etc that's that's where I come from. Lots of nerd nerd stuff there. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, both of us would get along splendidly then because I would probably write the books that you will tear apart. So Look, if you want to write a book and be on the show, I'm booked up, but like in the fall. <laughs> You're booked up. <laughs> purpose. I did on yeah. purpose. I'm not gonna buy this into authors that want to be on the show. We usually do like fantasy, but I mean like we'll we'll be in touch. My people oh, will yeah. talk to your people. My, <laughs> to my people. Wow. Um, yeah, no. Um, no. The Northern Critic Podcast is a film review podcast that looks at audience or host um, handpicked films based on plot, cinematography, casting, and style. Um, all of the review points on this podcast are totally based off of our opinions as your hosts and our guests on the show as well. Um, uh, it's actually story. everything I have to say is actually all my employer's opinions. So if I say anything bad, all uh, your... talk to my boss. <laughs> all your employer's <laughs> yeah, opinions. Yeah, everything. Everything I'm here representing my employer. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry for cutting you off, but I've always wanted. Yeah, to... no, no, that's that's totally fine. Is <laughs> it your represent... employer that's paying you in scones? It's scones. Yeah, <laughs> one that's giving me catastrophe pay. That might drop on some people who's paying me, but that's I don't give a shit. Oh anyway, sorry, I'm I'm diverted. Yeah, no, <laughs> no worries. Um, on this episode of the podcast, we will be reviewing the uh, 2019 American comedy drama film Jojo Rabbit. Uh, 
Um, Jojo Rabbit was written and directed by Taika Waititi. Um, he's an upcoming, up and coming director, writer, director as well. So, up and coming so He's he's established. What? He's established. Well, he's established now. Yeah, he's basically, he directed Thor Ragnarok. For those people who don't know, um, he what else has he done? I'm trying to think. He did the New Zealand one. I forget what it's called. That was really good. Why do we do in the shadows? Are you still Lord of the Rings? The name of the movie is Why do we do in the shadows? Lord of the Rings. Is it Lord of the Rings with Peter Jackson? It's over me being an asshole. Look, like I said, I don't know movies, but I hear Lord of the Rings. I'm like the the Shire. The Shire. Lord of the Rings is Peter Jackson. Lord of the Rings is Peter Jackson. Joe is going to be quite apart for not knowing that now. Yeah. Fun fact, Taika Waititi is also in this film. He plays Hitler, which is great. So he wrote, directed, and acted in it too. Which is so Are we going to revisit Pam's list of favorite Hitlers in this episode again? Why is that a list? It's, Why is that a list? We have a long list in this show. You get used to it. Understandable um, list, but like, goddamn. We have a yeah. long list. It came as so... a joke from a podcast from when we did Inglorious Bastards. Mm, fair. Yeah, so we've, I think at this point, we've seen three different versions of Hitler now in movies. Have we? Two or three. Uh, I think so, I, yeah, we've definitely we saw one in Inglorious Bastards. We saw one in Jojo Rabbit. I feel we like there's a third two. one somewhere that no, we're not talking not about. Uh, we've talked about the producers, Hitler. We talked about which we haven't watched. done on the show. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And then anyway. I think we've also discussed actual Hitler, but we <laughs> <laughs> yeah. got Space Hitler and Rise of Skywalker. I didn't no, open up do. your list of episodes on my phone. I swear. Space <laughs> Hitler was there? A Space Hitler? Yeah, uh, I don't know. They're the trying to create Empire. Yeah, the oh, whole yeah, I guess uh, Darth Sidious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I haven't even seen that movie. I've just had it spoiled at this point, and I just I I listen to our episode of the podcast. I, I want to watch podcast. it first. I have it. I have it. I just need to watch it. I That's what I do. It? I listen. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I say watch it, then go listen to the podcast. That's what I was gonna do. <laughs> Like that's that's why I've only listened to like the the because I don't watch a lot of movies. That's why like the only episodes I've I've done is like okay The Witcher because that's my biz. We I read the book one of the books of a bazillion, and then I did Uncut Gems because I'm like okay I saw that too. (laughs) It's always nicer when you watch the movies first before you listen into the episodes. I have like context of like what's going on, and I feel like that's important. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. Exactly. Um, Jojo Rabbit was well came out in 2019. Um, it was based on a Christine uh, Lunens, I think that's how it's pronounced, book, um, Caging Skies, that's what it's called, um, where Roman Griffin Davis, uh, who is in this movie, play, portrays the character of Johannes uh, Betzler, who's Jojo. Um, the film had its world premiere at the, for, at the 44th Toronto International Film Festival on September 8th of 2019, um, which is actually weird that you have a movie, like a lot of movies that were nominated came out later in the year like this one came out like september which is just crazy um and then it was released in theaters on october uh 18th in 2019 i remember Um, seeing the trailer for this um and i'm a huge fan of the producers movie that came out i want to say in 2002 with um oh what I can't think of the actors' names now. Anyways, mm-hmm. it's a, another World War II kind of comedy-based movie. Right. I sent literally. I saw this trailer. I sent it to my sister and was like, "We need to see this." And her response was, "Oh my god, this is another producers." And surprisingly, this movie was not at all what I expected it to be. No, it was better no, than what I expected not. it to be. 
Um, at the Oscars this year, it received six nominations, including Best Picture, uh, Lost a Parasite, um, Best Supporting Actress for Scarlett Johansson, and um, it it did win a Best Adapted Screenplay, which is just mm. fantastic. That's amazing. It's good for Taika Waititi as well. He's been deserving of one uh, ever since everything he's done, including Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Um, people forget he saved Thor. Um, anyways... <laughs> Um, and it, yeah, it was nominated for best motion picture, musical or comedy, uh, best actor as well, um, for, uh, Davis to the guy, the kid who played Jojo, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, to find out that that little kid almost won best actor, he was put up against Brad Pitt and Joaquin Phoenix and all of those other actors as well. Like if well, you're a kid at that age and you're competing at the Oscars with Brad Pitt and Joaquin I was going to say, like, imagine That's if crazy. he would have won. He, like, I, like growing up as crazy. a teenager, he, like, totally get all the girls or all the boys, whatever he's into. Um, he, has be, a, like, he has an I Oscar. I won an yeah. Oscar, and I beat a Brad Pitt. <laughs> like, like yeah. how, where do you go from there, though? Like, you have to win <laughs> two Oscars after that. Like, you it's might like be you've just at, like, 12. That would be terrible. Like, but here's the thing, though. If he won it in the same year where Brad Pitt did a fantastic job in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? Joaquin Phoenix was amazing in Joker, right? Um, uh, oh, my God. Why am I forgetting? In The Irishman. What was his name? Um, oh, Kurt Douglas. Is it Douglas? No, that's not. That no, the right. Italian, the old guy. Um, uh, yeah. He's very oh, famous. Robin De Niro. De Niro? De Niro. Robert De Niro in The Irishman, right? So all of these guys were in the same category as him. So if he won, after all these other guys were amazing in their individual movies as well, that would have been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't even have to win again. Like, he's already won for life yeah. <laughs> at, that, at that point. He wouldn't have so, to be like Leo. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> No, um, but I can see why they didn't want to give it to him. They probably were like, no, Joaquin deserves it because yeah. uh, playing that that Joker role was pretty good um, with Joaquin. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was pretty good. Um, I guess we can jump into initial thoughts for this movie, mm-hmm. The Jojo Rabbit. Um, who wants to go first? I really I liked it. Like- yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going hard. All right, I was say we go. need the Jeopardy music for that moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who's dropping I would like the, to I would like to point out too that um, big ups Canada because the Toronto Film Festival is very big right now for a lot of these types of movies because we've had Jojo Rabbit, Uncut Gems, um, I Lost My Body, um, what else? Maybe Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm not sure if that was Germany or here, uh, but a lot of big movies right now that are Oscar nominated, like all premiered at the Toronto Film Festival. So, like, I'm actually, I'm sold. Maybe this year I might buy, I might buy tickets to TIFF. Who knows? Yeah, TIFF's not but, happening. Yeah. TIFF's not happening what? this year. Yeah, I don't think TIFF's happening this year, though. Maybe next year. Yeah. But yes, Jordan, you want to go first? Your initial thoughts? Uh, mm-hmm. Initial thoughts. Straight, it is, like, and this might be heavy to start the episode. This is the whole, like, we're going to cry thing. Not, no one's going to cry because we're going to be nice about it. It was a very good way to represent, like, a child going through trauma. Right, and a lot of it. I, mm-hmm. Do you guys move chronologically through the through the movie, or can I just be like, no, you just jump around. Oh no, you can just okay, jump good. around. That's fine. Yeah, because yeah. like when bad things happen to JoJo, he reacts, and they kind of he grows because a kid like he's gonna grow no matter what. Right. Even if the time frame of the movie is six months, the way that he kind of moved through it is like 
takes the hit, moves on. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know if that's intentional or not, but like when his mother died, uh, when he got hit with a grenade, right, et cetera, et cetera. Like everything, everything that yeah, happened, yeah. it's like okay, like it's he not takes it not... like a kid, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. at the same time, he definitely took it like. Like, because they mentioned in the movie, he's the man of the house. It's almost like he has that mentality when he takes it. Like, he it has these things happen. He gets mad, but he knows he can't, like, dwell on it. He's got to, like, ma- like I don't want to say man up because it's not the right term. But, like, basically deal with it and get past it and just, like, keep going. And all that trauma just, like, sinks in, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, you know, like, people forget, too, like, in this situation as well, he is also dealing with the classic case of, like, personal identity, right? Because he doesn't know who or what he is at this point. He just well, doesn't belong. Throughout the movie and for that, yeah, he just doesn't belong. So he's also figuring out himself while trying to, you know, hold the, you know, the and job like, he's bestowed on himself as being the man of the house, quote-unquote, right? And, like, that's yeah. a big thing, like, because he is a member of Hitler's youth, essentially. Um, yeah, he's, like, which, he's like, 12. He's 10 in the movie. 10. Oh, right. 10. Sorry. 10. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like, I mean, a lot of times, like the 10 year olds, historically speaking, um, in the Hitler youth did a lot of the things that he was doing after he had his injury. Um, but like, even then, like those kids, like they, especially like the kids going through like that age, like 10 to 15, where you're kind of like identifying who you are a little bit, like they came out of that war so messed up. Like any kid that is in a war situation yeah, definitely because you mm-hmm. have no identification you have a her- identification you have a herd mentality and it's like this brainwashing right yeah well that's like that's even like typical of like you know today's society too with mm-hmm. different things um i know when it comes to things like i don't know per se when like re- i don't know maybe religion or something else is involved you might have um certain kids brought up and being brainwashed to think a certain aspect of society is bad for them or like or i don't know what's the what's the right word to use i don't know you know when like kids are kind of like programmed in such a way that they just start repeating. They just, yeah like they, they're like an encyclopedia at some point where they just repeat whatever they've been told to believe in mm. or whatever they've been well, told to think right and we've had this conversation before about like the place where I live currently for my mm-hmm. job. Um, and I was actually talking about this with my belly dance instructor after lessons today, or mm-hmm. Zoom lessons. Um, and how this town, everyone, like it's such a religious town. Everyone is bra- brainwashed to believe sex is dirty, sex is bad. There is no like body positivity education for the young people in this town or like sex at ed- proper sex education. That's why everyone here is married by the time they're like 20 and have five kids by the time they're my age. Yeah, you know, stuff like that. And it's, it's like, it, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's just so weird. But then also, in some ways, there's a comedy to it too, which this mm-hmm. movie does well. Because when he started doing that, the first thing I thought was, I thought back to um, The Good Boys, which is a movie that came out around last year or whatever. It was supposed to be, it, it honestly felt like a ripoff of um, Superbad. But I remember those kids were pretty young too, probably like 10. The main three mm-hmm. uh, three kids were the main characters. And I think one of, they saw like one of the older siblings doing weed or whatever. And he just walks up to the older brother and he's like, drugs destroy lives and communities and then he just walks away and i'm like i'm like yeah that definitely sounds like something your school or your mom has just 
And like it was funny and he's right, but the way he said it, he just sounded like such a robot when he said it. And it's you know, it was kind of like you're like a 10-year-old kid. What do you know about drugs? Yeah, you know? <laughs> but yeah, so it's like that's that's just how kids, I don't know, it's like garbage in, garbage out, right? At that, yeah. at that age. Um, which made sense. So the whole like not Nazi like um uh fanaticism and stuff like that was done pretty well in this movie, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was the environment he grew up in, right? If he grew up in an environment where orange wasn't a real color, when you eventually find out orange is a real color, you're going to be like, nah, that's bullshit. Orange doesn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then, like, the interesting thing, too, is, like, they really contrast it really well with, like, the character that, like, his mom is, Mm -hmm. where it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, like, she does not sympathize with the war effort at all, whatsoever. Like, she's having a drink when, like, the Allies took... What was it? Italy? France? I can't remember the, like, it's been a long time. Yeah, she was happy. She was really yeah. happy. Yeah. And she should be. Like, that's her whole yeah. character. Which is so. also partially because she had a Jewish girl hiding in the house, too. Mm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she was kind of just, like, hoping the war would end quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I honestly, I like, I know a lot of people give Scarlett Johansson shit for different things. I don't know why, per se. Uh, but to me, I think she is a brilliant actress. She was great in um, Marriage Story. Like, she got nominated twice for Best Actress uh, in two movies, but she didn't win, which to me, I was kind of like, I don't know. That's not right. Because she had two movies. Both got nominated. She was nominated for Best Actress in both of them. That means she had, like, double the chance to win, but they still didn't give it to her, which was I was just like, well, that's bullshit. See, like, my thing, I think the reason people shit on Scarlett Johansson, and I'm just going to say she's not my favorite actress out there, was because for a while there, that she seemed to be the only person they were casting in movies. Like, it was, like, every second movie that came out, she was in. It was, like, around that time that the Avengers, when she played Black Widow... Like there were there are there's others though like there's people like yeah. um like Margot Robbie is in now. Margot yeah, Robbie see, that's exactly it. Margot now. Um, um, would I guess um, would oh my god, why am I forgetting her name? She plays Wonder Woman. I guess she'd be oh, classified. Oh, uh, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot as well. Yeah, Gal Gadot as well. I give you this. Gal Gadot got a lot better as an actress. See, but that's what I was saying. Like it seems like they get these actresses or actors one really good movie and do and then they just exploit them and shove them in every movie whether they're right for the role or not and i think it's just people get really sick of seeing them and because like i like scarlett johansson's that could, that a good actress for like the actors too like brad yeah. pitt has been i'm just saying with women it's a little bit different because mm-hmm. i feel like people are a lot uh, i guess bitchier towards women yep. because the men like Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, even Joaquin have been in so many things, but they still they recycle the awards between each other most of the time. You know, well, and that's what it is. And like, so girls get bitchy about seeing the same three actresses in this movie for the next two years, and then it's like we bitch about it. I I don't, but like we bitch about it on social media, and then they're like, oh, okay, we can't cast this actress anymore. Okay, who's next? Kind of thing, right? I think that's what it is, and that's why people give ScarJo so much shit. Like, I'm sure it's going to happen to Robbie. Yeah, probably. Huh. I see yeah, it happening. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Because, like, uh, um, the la- the actress who won Best Supporting Actress is Laura Dern for her uh, portrayal as uh, Scarlett Johansson's lawyer in Marriage Story, which is just weird to me because Scarlett Johansson was – I guess she was a main character in that. 
but still kind of a supporting character in the sense that she was the wife to you know they they played off of each other um but her performance was so much more impactful like the lawyer scenes were only like maybe two or three scenes how do you win for that you know and we're coming off a, a, an award that historically was given to like Viola Davis for her performance mm-hmm. in Fences, you know, who that was just phenomenal. Like she straight up cried her heart out in that one scene she got it for, right? So it's like, I don't know. It's just not consistent to me. I don't know if I'm, I might be wrong, but I no, know. I see that a lot with those award shows. I feel like it's almost like, I don't want to say pity awards, but it's like, you know, the one they gave Leo for The, the Revenant? Yeah. Same yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Like a consolation prize, almost. Yeah. Oh my god. All right. Yeah. So, so I, who's I next? Would, yeah, I guess Uchi should go next because he's been quiet for a bit. Wow, that was so bad. I didn't like this movie. Wow. Leave. <laughs> Plot I, twist. Okay. I, I did not like this movie. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it's a comedy, and comedy subjective, and all that stuff, right? And, like, yes, halfway through the movie, it gets dark and gets all that, like, super fuse heavy. But for me, I just, I just didn't like it. And maybe, maybe I just don't like Taiki Watiti as a director. Because I remember, what's that movie did? One way back, give me a second here, just look it up. While we do in the shadows, right? That movie set in, like, New Zealand, right? I remember when oh. we watched yeah. Was that the one with the scene about the the preacher? Maybe. Like, what's behind this door? And he's like, Jesus. It's like, not Jesus. It's the other door. Jesus is behind that other door. No, it's not that one? I think it's that one. I don't know. Even, I oh, remember, okay. remember that movie. Like, so people were like, oh, this movie's amazing. This movie's amazing. And I was like, I don't like it either. So, like, watching oh, this wow. movie. I was okay, just maybe like, you... I just maybe you're just not a fan of his comedy style. No, I which guess. is weird because I love Four Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. But this movie was I just didn't like it. I just it has some funny moments, but like the parts where it was supposed to be like really funny, just didn't laugh. It's hard for moments were good. Like don't get me wrong, right? Yeah, but like I know I lost my shit with the with uh, uh I laughed really hard at the scene where. Um, he yells at his friend Yorkie when they're carrying the um, RPG. Oh, and then blows and out he the drops shelf. it. And oh my god! Yeah, that, that was funny. <laughs> drops it and then just Yorkie, blows up. <laughs> Yorkie was the best, absolutely best character in the whole movie. Yorkie I don't want to hear it. So great, elite tier character. Is this paper? Yeah, but it's the finest in German technology. <laughs> oh my god! Like, I feel like this movie, and like maybe it's because I'm watching a lot of like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Sorry, yeah. weebs. Uh, I love that show, but it it leans into a lot of the tropes, and I feel like some parts of Jojo Rabbit did too. Like, okay, you have the chubby, funny friend that you see every so often, but it's always a good time when he's around, and he just mm-hmm. going through it, and that's Yorkie. See? Yeah, I guess so too. I, I liked uh, also see? when you see him again later on, and he has like a gun strapped to his back and he's like i'm a soldier now and it's only been like maybe six months you know? oh not he's been <laughs> and a half by the end of the the movie so it's like six months like yeah, so... <laughs> yeah. See, and that's the thing like there's nothing like it's not like this movie is bad right i just don't click with it like to be fair, fair. with that's the fair. comedy parts it was all like the 
like i think the intent was to suspend your belief at that point you're like you're going this kid's going to nazi like summer camp what the fuck like yeah he's going nazi right. summer camp it's going to do all these things but yeah. also i think uh in the interview with taika waititi he did say he did part of that too to show people the um the crate like to show people how um extreme like, like the nazi yeah, yeah the nazi indoctrination was to the point where it was almost comedic you oh know? it was like almost comedic yeah exactly so that's why that's basically where his comedy comes from with that yeah but, and yeah, it did have like it was neat that it did drop into like some very real aspects of like world war ii yeah like, okay you, mm-hmm. got stuff, like, you got like all the like um uh, like you got Jojo, Nazi sympathizing kid, because he's been he's grown up around propaganda. And then you have like his mom and uh what was his name? I can't um Yorkie. No, not Yorkie. Uh, oh, um Captain uh Dutch. Klinsendorf. Captain, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um mm-hmm. and like Hans, I think his name is. Yeah. Like you yeah. got all the people who don't Sympathize we had with the Theon Nazis. Greyjoy. He was in this movie. I, I, it took me so long to realize who that who was. Who was he? Hans. That's, he was, um, oh my Al- god. Alfred, what's his name again? Alfred something. Alfred um, How did I not notice that? Oh my god. Yeah, he was Theon Greyjoy. Yeah, yeah. It took me so long. Like, in Game for- of Thrones. Oh, so well, because I was watching it and I was like, why is this guy familiar to me? And I just couldn't place him. So wait, we've had to get him back. The man's his full name. He's not just known as Reek. No, yeah. he's not Reek. We gave his he's name Finkel back. In Alfie, this movie. Alfie Sorry. Allen. That's his name. Alfie Allen. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, does he say anything in the whole movie? He does talk for a bit. He's, I remember yeah, the German does. Shepherd thing. That German Shepherd thing was kind of funny. He's like, <laughs> I asked you to get him. Oh, dogs. Yeah. Why did you bring me German Shepherds? And I was like, that guy's funny. <laughs> and then he like apologized, like, no, it's my fault. I wasn't clear. Like, yeah. <laughs> was there like, did you get a, like a, a vibe? Like a romantic vibe between those two, or was that just me? Okay, that's okay. That's totally what I thought it was. Yeah. And I was well, like, that's kind of like when Ichi mentioned that German Shepherd scene, I laughed so hard because he comes in with the shepherd stick. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I asked you to find me a German Shepherd. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, continue. <laughs> I just remember that scene. I started laughing. No, that scene was amazing. No, I think the oh, whole thing was God. like, that's the gay couple in the movie. And that's why they yeah. don't, partly yeah. why they don't sympathize with the Nazis. All right. So okay. <laughs> now, Who's next for initials? I guess Pam. Have you okay, gone? I'm. I know I haven't gone. Okay. Um. So initials. I like. Hey, I was not expecting this movie to be what it was. Like I was expecting like a comedy, like the producers the whole way through. I was not expecting the dark twist halfway. But I mean, like we were talking about this before. Even when it was dark, it was still funny, and like. Just the whole concept, what made it so entertaining was the fact of this kid having Hitler as his imaginary friend, right? And, like, and the summer camp scene reminded me of, I believe it was Adam's, the Adam's Family Values movies, where they send Pugsley and Wednesday to summer camp. And, like, how enthusiastic these um, German Nazis were at training, like, with Rebel Wilson staring there, and girls will teach you how to get pregnant. 18 babies for Germany. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I was dying because that's so true. Because, I mean, women who looked Aryan, it was that, um, not transgenics. Why can't I think of the word? But you know what I'm talking about. Eugenics. 
And um, Rebel Rebel Wilson was amazing as like oh, the matriarchy. So you know, funny. whatever. She was great. Oh, yeah, she was put into a thing. role that she would succeed in though. Like you know. Yeah. And that's exactly it. Like that was the thing. In the forties, if you were a attractive Aryan female, you were put into a baby factory to have Nazi babies. So and I mean, it was, and I loved Scarlett Johansson in this movie. I thought the fact, because, like, there was those sympathizers in the war who were going around, like, putting out those, like, free Germany, like, end the war paper. And, like, you say, like, what's that? Even, uh, no, like, Scarlett Johansson, she was, like, she played such a lovable mom. Like, oh, yeah. Even when he, even when, like, he goes, you know, dad's not here, he's at the war. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, oh, you want your dad? And then she, like, smudges like ash on her face to make it look like she has a beard and she's like acting i i was like i love this mom this is a great I mom i thought it was yeah. a good balance of serious drama with comedy I think, like it was very engaging throughout the whole movie i think the fact that you're getting like jojo's point of view makes it very easy to do that mm-hmm. like one thing like and i'll kind of relate it back to like books uh, we recently read one where they kind of moved between um, every every time like it was like uh, an up like a, a peasant upright, and they'd move between characters. It's like they, it would be like a half page on this character, and then you'd see what else is going on. It kind of gave you a view of like the whole thing. You don't need to do that in like a setting like this, like with Nazi Germany. You follow Jojo's character, yeah, yeah, and so now you get a different perspective, and like now you see that like what a kid's going through. Right. And he's learning things at the same time. And so, like, yeah. you put yourself into, like, I think it was just a very smart move to be, like, um, I'm, assu- this, I'm assuming by the author of the the book originally and, like, the way they adapted it was great. And just giving yourself that point of view that gives it a unique perspective, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah overall, this was, like, I thought it was a very enjoyable movie. The acting was really great. Um, mm-hmm. The costumes are great. Like, oh, like. I think this is something I would watch again, like for entertainment purposes. And like, it's definitely no producers. That's for sure. Like that's my go-to absolute turn your brain off movie. But like it w- this one was good. Yeah. I know for me, like you guys have basically covered it. I would say I, I enjoyed it, but not to the extent of which I like, I it's not at the level at which I hold a movie like Parasite or Once Upon mm. a Time in Hollywood, right? Um, because like Jojo himself as a character was fleshed out properly. Um, however, his mom again, fantastic mom, but I would have liked a little bit more backstory to her as a person. Um, to uh, um, Thompson McKenzie's character. Uh, who plays she play, uh, uh, Elsa? I think that's her. That was her name in the film. Who plays the Jewish girl? Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit like she was great too, but like I wanted to like her a bit more than she was giving me, you know. So like with those two, maybe a little bit more work maybe could have been done. Um, but it's also a movie, so it's kind of hard to do that. Oh. Um, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna be like, like I just don't know how, and like I, I I'm probably gonna sound like a broken record going back to point of view again. Like, how does JoJo get insight on his mother if he's only 10? Yeah. Or on this it, Jewish yeah. girl they it, just met? Uh, like, it could be... Like, with the Jewish girl, I can understand that part. That one's going to be a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. But with his mom, it could just be, like, maybe his mom giving him little tidbits of, like, you know, her life before she met his dad or something. You know, because he would ask 
he would ask her like you know what what would people do if there wasn't any war or something like, she'd say people danced or whatever whatever you know but like i would have wanted her to go more into like oh before i met your father i used to do this or that you know i don't oh. know you know when you talk to your mom and your mom tells you stuff and she's like, oh, yeah, before I yeah, met you, yeah. I used to do this. Yeah. So I don't know. My thing with this is like, I know, I don't know. Maybe I just missed it in the movie. The daughter. Did we ever find out how she died? We never did. No, we never did as well. Yeah. See, so some more backstory. That's what I like wanted. That, yeah. That was my, yeah. Biggest, like that, my mm-hmm. biggest issue with the movie was the fact some of the characters weren't fleshed out and there was a few right. new sense. Mm-hmm. But like, I did appreciate However, all those tropes, right? I'm kind of okay with not knowing how the daughter dies, to be honest. Me too. Because, like, it was portrayed as a very source spot, like, something that no one really wants to talk about. Yeah. Like, that's how it was portrayed. This is also the difference between, like, a Taika Waititi movie and, say, something like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Because if it was Quentin Tarantino, they would have, she would, that scene where, like, they're having dinner would have been a long scene with them talking, and you would have learned so much more about both characters. It would have been so violent. It would have been so violent. Like, yeah, come yeah. on. We all know what happened. We all know what happened. So violent. <laughs> like the real Hitler would show up in the middle of the town. The Jewish girl having an RPG from nowhere, blow him up. <laughs> but they like, think... would appear. Oh my god. The, I think the only appropriate time they could have put in like how the daughter died is you know when um, Elsa acts as his sister. Mm-hmm. And the captain helps them. I think that'd be the only appropriate time for them to be like, when she asks, like, oh, what happened to her? Uh, Jojo would be like, oh, she died of tuberculosis or whatever. Yeah, that's like the um, only time it could have ever been addressed. However, mm-hmm. my style of comedy, which I love Taika Waititi's comedy, um, similar to, you know, it's Archer-esque comedy, because I love the show Archer as well. Like almost um, slapstick. Yeah, you know, the best part, the part that made me laugh, that was so insignificant, to most like to most people it's like it, it wouldn't be funny but it was when he first sees her and she's like you know what i am just say it and he's like a jew and she's like yeah and i was like oh my god that's hilarious uh i don't know that's my kind of comedy that blows my mind <laughs> so i just like, i laughed so hard when that happened but yeah i like that like because i'm with you like i'm t- i love that like because st- because the comedy is stupid yeah, <laughs> that makes it so good. It's, but it's not friend? like stupid. It's like edu- like I don't want to say educated stupid. It's like smart it's stupid. Yeah, yeah. I'm totally. Where you with have you. to have like a little bit of brain power to get. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. That's well, like, like I his, like jokes like that. His best friend, he tells Yorkie at camp. He's like, he's like Yorkie's like, oh, I'm not your best friend. That was a terrible accent. I'm over it. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I could not handle the British accents through this whole movie. So yeah. bad. <laughs> but like, but then they're kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're kids. <laughs> the kids, yeah. Like, I'm not expecting them to have like perfect German accents. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was so good though. I like oh, that they did like kind of quantify that it's also... like they're technically speaking German at the end of the movie. Oh yeah, I was like, what? Do you not speak German? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, um. I guess we can also talk about Taika Waititi as Hitler because he was great too. Oh, fantastic! Um, so entertaining. Because he, um, he was just a regular, like, imaginary friend. Right. And then, like towards the end, when he's kind of losing it, is like, okay, now he's actually ever not. that he said was 
when you know she takes his i forget what those like nazi like the pocket knives are called Mm -hmm. but she takes the first one and then goes back into hiding in the walls of the house right and then she goes up with the with the gar the cover for a garbage can as a shield and another knife a kitchen knife and so she scares him again and takes the second knife and then taika waititi as hitler goes she takes. She took all your knives. What are you gonna use to cut things? And I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, that's the one thing he's worried about. So the comedy in it was just so great at that point. Well, and then when his mom is like, "Where the hell are all the kitchen knives?" Knives, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that was just great. Um, also him, uh, you know, laying in bed or like helping him at the library to look up stuff about Jews or stuff like that. Um, or that we can blame Winston Churchill. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, "Wait, hold on, we'll go with your plan." <laughs> you know, um, um, yeah, no, it's great. Like when he's dancing alongside JoJo and he's running with the grenade, or when he just jumps out the window. Yeah, that was see, that was just unfortunate because JoJo throws the grenade. He does everything right, except he throws it at a fucking tree, and it just like bounces back towards him. I'm sorry, that he has a dumbass for actually throwing a grenade. Like, absolutely, I'm with Uchi. Like, that was, he didn't do everything right. He ran and grabbed a grenade. Yeah. Like, no, but I'm saying, like, you know, cast. he pulled out the grenade string the right way. Like, he just, if he threw it but not at a tree, it would have been badass, you know? No, he fucked up and threw it at a tree. I'm not getting him fast. Okay. Sidebar here. On the note of ricocheting things. Um, so, I shoot, I hunt. The funniest thing that ever happened, like, when we go shooting, we wear all the right protective gear. Anyways, my friend was out there with a fucking little BB gun, and it ricocheted. Somehow one of the BBs ricocheted off the rock and caught me in the cheek right below the eye. Wow. It hurt so bad. And, like, I was wearing my shooting goggles and everything, but it hit the right right spot that it actually punctured my skin, got stuck in my skin, and I was, like, bleeding profusely. So it's like shit happens when you least expect it. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah, that's the thing, right? So I like I just I was just like that's unfortunate. Um it was also pretty for- pretty funny how the rest of the movie he's made fun of because he has scars from the shrapnel uh from the grenades. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, I think even like Hitler as a as his imaginary friend goes some and says something about how like, "Oh, you're you're still useful in a deformed kind of way or something like that. And I was like, Oh, Hitler straight calls him ugly. Well, and yeah. I think it's like a big point in the movie is that like Jojo has to accept like, and that's a hard thing for a, a kid to accept, right? Like yeah. being different. Being called ugly. Mm-hmm. But the thing is the scar wasn't really like, if I, if I like just looking at him on TV, it didn't look that bad. <gasps> okay, wait. I know which random tangent I'll go on, and I know it's very bad, but like in Ready Player One, Pam, have you seen Ready Player One? Yes. Nope. Yeah, I, I, that's, I was gonna say that it's I remember that too. Yeah. <sighs> I'm sorry. Like, it's not really a spoiler because, like, it's about someone's look, but she was like, no, you don't want to see me. Like, I'm horsey, horribly disfigured. I'm ugly, blah, 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 right? Like, I have this terrible look, right? And you eventually see how she looks like. And I was like, bitch, that's just a birthmark. It's not even that bad. It's, what? Wow. Wow. Like, that's, which is the same as this movie, right? So they go, oh, I'm ugly, I'm ugly. And I'm just like, you look fine. 
like people would still date you. It's not like I, wait, wait. Where... Why you say people would still date you? Sam, do you date a ten year old? No, no. I'm just as a kid, right? Like if he was my kid or if he was a kid I met, I would be like, "You're still like a good looking dude. Like, what are you talking about? You're okay." I don't think you should I'm say ten years are good looking. I'm gonna chime in as the female voice on the podcast. Hey, people here. in the actual movie said he was a good-looking dude as well. His let, mom said this. Let Pam see how far. Okay, okay. Scars with a cool backstory behind it are actually kind of hot. Mm. I mean, backstory aside, right? It just depends. Yeah. Like, I have a scar from when I got a concussion playing basketball. That's above my. Uh, so basically, like. Um, I, I say I have a scar, but it reminds most people of the actual character scar because it's like basically a piece of my eyebrows are like kind of shaved off just slightly. Mm. So it kind of looks like I got clawed right at the top of yeah. my, like just right above my, uh, my eyes, but it's in such a way that it just looks, you know, decent. And now like whenever people see it, I know a lot of people who quote unquote might find me attractive for many different reasons. Um, they see it and they're just like, oh, that's a cool scar. Where'd you get that? You know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it came from a concussion playing basketball. See, but like the way it came doesn't really matter. It's just it's a scar, but it looks OK, like it's acceptable. You see, know? and I want to just say something um, like scars can also make you look like so badass. I mean, when I was coming home from Vegas um, and we arrived in Vancouver Airport, I was going through security. And of course, I got the scare the the scariest fucking security guard ever. Like he wasn't a very big guy, but he was probably about my height, very muscular build, and he just had the gnarliest scar across his face. Like obviously something had happened to him that like he had a scar literally across his whole face. This guy, he was very nice, but honestly, if he like asked like if I was in interrogation, I would have fucking like said yes, I did it to pretty much anything. He was that terrifying looking because and of the I, scar. I know, I know with mine, um, what really made me just accept it because at first when I had it, obviously I was mad and I was bleeding a lot because it was the top, it was kind of like when you get a cut when you're boxing, right? So it was like yeah. a lot of blood. Um, I had to clean it up. And basically, after it's all cleaned up and whatever, the first thing my cousin says when I get back home, after it's been treated by a nurse, he goes, oh, my God, you look like Jon Snow now. And I'm like, shut up. You know? So, so it's just funny how, like, that related to Jon Snow's scar, like, above his eyebrows as well and stuff so like that. So, why, you look so like a like, black Jon Snow? Like a black Jon Snow. <laughs> See, and, like, one thing I want to say about, like, the movie, and maybe this has to do, like, JoJo's, we focus a lot on JoJo's, facial scar facial scars but one thing we aren't focusing on is the fact that he has um that leg injury yeah and speaking from experience i don't know if you guys have ever broken a leg but when i was about located a knee but not broken yeah when i was about 14 or 15 years old i actually shattered my leg and my foot was at a 45 degree angle to my calf Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and not being able to walk or because I was off for about six months with this leg um, and then having to go for a second surgery to fix it again later and another six months on crutches and having to rehabilitate and learn and like feeling a little cripple because like there's shoes I can't wear there's things that I can't do that I used to be able to do before my accident um, it puts a really hard damper on you and also like people make like it, they shouldn't make fun of people on crutches, but they do. Like, even if it's, like, an actual, I guess, sports injury, which what mine was. Well, but 
with and so with, it's like coming to terms with that i think also plays a fact of him being ugly in the movie right it, he has to deal with a lot of the scars that he's been left with because like his dad's yeah. gone his sister's yeah. dead his mm-hmm. mom's probably not around that much because she's doing her free germany thing right so it's just pretty much him by himself right with like at the beginning like until like maybe towards the end with this random jewish girl who he's been indoctrinated to think is the devil incarnated so like, yeah it's a lot for a 10 year to deal with well and that's exactly yeah. it and on top of this you know having facial scars and probably a lot of scars on his leg and like who else knows where else on the body because of the great grenade shrapnel right yeah and like everyone also running around saying like oh he's useless he's no longer important to mm-hmm. the german need he's just like but that's that also plays into the fact that you know at the end he learns that um you know he doesn't need to follow the you know the fanaticism of the nazis or whatever right like when he kicks hitler out the window so he, he that's the point where he's kind of come of age to be like i'm just gonna make my own decisions and not mm-hmm. you know be which i thought was pretty cool too well, but yeah. like 40 minutes and i guess we have to talk about his relationship with him and elsa i mean i don't know i feel like it's exactly what i would expect yeah, yeah. Like the, the face turn by any means but it's I mean... not i feel like just watching it i kind of knew what was gonna happen like when they met up i was like oh obviously she's gonna like teach him that oh it's not okay why is that weird noise <laughs> What weird noise? It's not like something being stripped. Like I can't describe how it sounded like. Yeah, I I heard that too, but I didn't want to say anything. Okay, ignore that. <laughs> See, yeah. Ooh, no. I got off the couch, but my couch didn't make a sound. It, it sounded like shingles or something. I don't it know. Did. Anyways, continue. Yeah. What was I about Elsa? ASMR. The ASMR podcast. We did sneak in some ASMR last week. I mean, that from, from what that was sounding like, sound like BDSM to me. But anyways, continue. Ooh, ooh, Sam, yes, Sam, I have a yoga swing. A yoga swing. Do you have some, like, with some chains as well? Jeez. Yes. Yes. Yeah. What's the safe word? What would Pineapple? The... I don't know. <laughs> Safe word is pineapple. Pineapple seems like a good safe word. I mean, safe word should be Michael Bay or something, you know? Oh, God. <laughs> My mind went somewhere it shouldn't have. Let's get back to this. So... <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get our heads Oh, up my God. Mm-hmm. So Jojo and Elsa's yeah. relationship. She's going to be a Django. That's changed. Stop. Cut <laughs> him off. Mute him. I will mute you, Sam. Don't touch me. Django chained. I will mute you. Oh my goodness. I was gonna say so many jokes, so little time. Oh my god. Yes. See, this is this is why we need Mike around. Whenever Michael's not here, we go so off track. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Elsa and Jojo. Elsa and Jojo's relationship. As soon as Elsa was introduced, right? I kind of just knew what was going to happen. And I'm not saying, mm-hmm. like, it's right. a bad thing, right? Like, I don't need subverse of expectations in every movie, right? I knew, like, Elsa was going to, rehab- like, help Jojo understand that people, like, the Jewish people, like, also people as well, and, like, the Nazi haters 
hate. <laughs> that was not very I feel profound, like but that moron. It is an oxymoron. But like, yeah. Like Elsa and Jojo's relationship was kind of on the same. And like I like the way it progressed. I like seeing them grow mm-hmm. and become friends. And like at yeah. the end when he was like, I love you, and she's like, Oh. And like I know you just see me as a brother, and she's like, I do. <laughs> My thing like, is when yep. I saw yeah. When I saw the trailer, I thought she was the same age as Jojo. I didn't realize that she was like seventeen. Yeah. Like she looked she definitely looked older older though during the movie. Like yeah. when I was watching it, I was like, she's definitely older. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, no, which was I liked that. Um I will say like the rest of you guys too, I think Yorkie just stole the show for me. Because oh, whenever yeah. you see Yorkie, you know something's going down. Yeah, um, so great. <laughs> Antics are, are about to begin. Yeah. Um, uh, also, the... Oh, my God. What was it? Because I know there was the RPG scene. Um, oh, yeah. There was a scene after everything had gone down. And Oh, where it's um, not a good time to be a Nazi? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is not a good time to be a Nazi. <laughs> he's, he's like, I'm gonna be honest. I'll be honest with you, Jojo. It's not a good time to be a Nazi. <laughs> I was like, yep, ever a great right. time to be a Nazi, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, even before that, too, where he says, yeah, <laughs> like, before that, too, where he says, oh, oh, and Hitler's gone, too. And then Jojo's like, what do you mean Hitler's gone? And he's like, he blew his brains out. He's, yeah. just... he's just so <laughs> yeah. matter-of-factly. Like, and then the no... next... Uh, the next iteration of like his imaginary friend has the bullet wound too, hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah which I thought was so smart because Takeaway TV shows yeah. up again and there's a bullet wound in his head, and I was like, this is so awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, and then you think about it, it's like that's just, the imagination yeah. of a ten year old. Like Jesus Christ, <laughs> that's actually really fucked up. <laughs> but I mean, that kid's seen a lot of trauma. Like he saw his mom like hung as a traitor. Oh, yeah. that was when so I saw shitty. that scene. When oh, I yeah. saw the scene and I just saw the shoes, I was like, oh my god, this yeah. movie just went dark. I yeah. I saw yeah. the shoes and I was like, oh, fuck. But, I knew, like, right away. I saw but the again, shoes, this was comes like, from, like, <gasps> good directing as well. Because earlier on, they just show you her shoes and, like, you don't think too much about it, right? You're just like, oh, those are nice shoes. And that's I was gonna it, say, right? But he could have a foot fetish like Tarantino. No, nah. he doesn't. I mean, the shoes were covered. The yeah. Shoes were Have you in this seen? One. Okay, so for those listening now, right, or listeners or whatever, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has the most feet ever for a Tarantino film. So many, so many bare feet in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Anyways, back to this. Um, I don't think anything can beat Quentin Tarantino when it comes to feet. He loves his foot shots. Why so. do we keep bashing the man's foot fetish? Let him be. No, okay, I'm wait, not. Wait, wait, wait. So on another a, note, telling technique. On another I'm not note, comfortable on a podcast where we kink shame. Yes, thank you, Jordan. We don't kink shame here. <laughs> I, I'd like to rescind my my guest appearance. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late now. Edit yep. me out. <laughs> no, I was just saying it, it could be a possibility. Every hey, you do you, boo boo. Okay. That's true. I, I was gonna I break this up. That yeah, he doesn't though. Oh, for my does. own sake. <laughs> okay. Okay. So me and my roommate were talking, right? And I yeah. bring up this very important point. People hate on other people for having foot fetishes, but they still eat ass. 
Okay, we're not even entering this territory, please. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're gonna eat ass, you can't. In, you cannot hit in a foot fetish. Back to this movie. You better keep it's that the... in. If oh. that's not Final Cut, Uchi. Oh, it's staying in. I have final oh, editing man. abilities. Oh, look, look. This is staying in. I'm disappointed in you guys for giving ass. Just make sure you have them Lysol wipes close by. Um, I mean, you should probably be using the Lysol wipes. Go ahead. What? what? It is a pandemic. You keep those those wipes close by for everything. Yep. For everything. Ah, <laughs> uh, gross. Uh, oh. Gross. Uh, <laughs> gross. Whatever, whatever you, whatever you want to do, you do you, boo. You do you, boo boo. As long as you're not hurting anyone. I mean, yeah, if you like to eat ass, do it. But yeah, like you, like exactly. You do you, boo boo. As long as you're not hurting anyone. Mm-hmm. Let's actually get back to the movie. Yeah, <laughs> went on a weird tangent again. Um. So yeah, no. Like overall, like like I said, it's not on the same level. Like obviously for 2019 as a whole, Parasite is on the top of the pyramid. Um. In my opinion, Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is like you know, and the second runner-up is on the second pedestal. Um. This movie would maybe be fourth or fifth on that, on that like you know best fi- uh best picture nominees because it still competed with Joker. Um, which I thought Joker was better too. Joker would probably be my third. Um, it still had to compete with, you know, Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, um, all of those other ones too, and 1917 as well. Um, I don't think this movie was better than any, like most of those, except maybe The Irishman, because I, I don't know. I was I just wasn't really a huge fan of The Irishman. Oh, I fucking um, love The Irishman. I love The Irishman. Oh yeah. 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 Like I mean, it just it felt too much like. Um, the Godfather to me, and I love The Godfather. It's like the same so anything character, isn't it? Fe- but, yeah, but anything that feels like The Godfather to me is just like subpar to the original. So it's like, watching that, I'm like, oh, this is just a different version, but it still follows the same, you know, kind of logic as The Godfather. Um, but like, I, I don't know, I'm just a fan of more original content, I guess. That's the best way to phrase what I'm trying to mm-hmm. say. Um, but yeah, so it was just kind of like, I would say it's probably, you know, it's 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 a good movie, but it doesn't stack up too much against the other movies that were nominated for Best Picture. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's basically what that's basically where I put it. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you guys have any other things you want to talk about about the movie. Honestly, you're probably asking the wrong person. I don't really have much else to say about this movie. I just I feel so bad because you guys all loved it, and I'm just like I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I feel so bad. <laughs> Hey, like I mean, we say like, at the beginning of the podcast, better, right? Like I said, I gave it like a seven out of ten, maybe a six point five. Yeah. Um, you know, six point five to seven out of ten is oh. what I would give it. I would I, I'm basically giving five. it the same rating that I gave um, Captain Marvel when it came out. So. And I grade all my movies depending on their genre. So, like, yeah. Yeah, like for a comedy, it's not bad. Um. But then also, like, I try to think about this watching this movie from the perspective of, say, someone who was Jewish, for instance, mm-hmm. and if they would find some of those things funny, you know, um, which would be subjective, right? Because I try to put myself in the shoes of being like, what if someone made a movie about slavery, about a little boy who was really racist and was all about, you know, maybe his family was like part of the KKK, and then, you know, he finds out his mother is, ha- like, hiding, like, a black child in the walls. Like, mm. you know, I'm trying to think about it from 
that perspective and be like, how would yeah. I feel watching that? Yeah. You know, like you and don't some want of to... those things would not be as funny to me if I was put in that position, right? So it's kind of like I don't know. Well, see, and that's like there's the movie, the movie, the producers that I talk about. Literally, it makes fun and offends anyone and everyone. So you have to like go into it with that mindset of that like you can't take anything at face value. It's all just for it makes fun of like I said anyone and everyone and it's actually in a Broadway play originally a musical and uh, Rainbow Stage in Winnipeg did it and before they could bring it to Rainbow Stage as a production they actually petitioned the Jewish Council Manitoba to allow them to bring it in because of like some of the subject matter and content that the show deals with and I mean like they're and at the beginning of the show like live rainbow stage performance they say like this movie or this show is intent like intended for a mature audience and this is the subject matter it deals with it's gonna be offensive be prepared to deal with that and there was still a mother there with her you know 11 12 year old daughter who walked out at intermission being all huffy that this movie the show was this live performance was so offensive and no one should be objected to it it's like did you not read the write up well, about the also, play of course they never read the write-up of course they like, um, don't sometimes depends, people like, like which movie was it where uncut gems where the critic was like oh i don't like this movie because it makes my heart race it's too stressful i'm like i'm sorry did you not see the trailers oh, before yeah, the movie that critic, that was did a, you that not was a, read the synopsis like <laughs> in what my head you i'm kind of like in my head, when I read that, I was like, dude, how do you get paid to critique movies where See, literally you're critiquing the movie for the exact, like, kind of tension that the writer is supposed to... Yeah, that's what Wait. you're supposed to get. Well, see, from, like, and that's exactly it. Like, there was this movie about, like, getting your heart racing. There's a movie that came out, I want to say, two years ago called Aeronauts with Eddie Redmayne and I Felicity Jones, I think that's her name, um, about basically hot air gas ballooners in the 18th century that movie like it's not supposed to be like an it's an adventure movie that movie i watched before bed it made me so fucking anxious i couldn't sleep the rest of the night because of a couple scenes in it and that means good writing exactly and i would say like similar to that another movie that kind of got me that way at least for the night that we watched it i watched this movie with uchi actually it was when we saw the movie Us with Jordan Peele. And like that night, I don't know what was wrong with me. <laughs> but as soon as I got home, I was like, holy fuck. I hope no one in red like walks down the hallway of my apartment building oh, or something. I know. <laughs> so, I know. Like it's just so, like, some of that just is depends. just so anxious, yeah. anxiety and stress inducing. Like I know I remember my mom the first time we ever saw the ghost in the darkness. She mm. could not go outside at night, even though we fucking live in North America. Yeah. and there's no lions she could not go outside even now she at the cabin she cannot go out to the outhouse by herself unless all the lights are on she is that scared and my mom grew up in the bush I just wanted to bring this up because I fucking you're talking about the critics thing I remember when The Witcher first dropped and this one mm. article review came out pretty much bashing The Witcher saying like, oh it's not good it's confusing they don't understand. The plot made no sense. Blah 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 blah. Right. And then I remember, like in the audio, they even said like they watched the first two episodes and then skipped to the last episode, and everyone was like, "No yeah, fucking yeah. shit! No wonder it's confusing for you." And like that drove me up the wall. Like I was so mad. Wait, you can't you can't do that in any form of media. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, 
Dude, so well, I tell people to skip the first book of a series, like, often. Not often, sometimes. Man. So for Jojo Rabbit, the critic consensus is Jojo Rabbit's blend of irreverent humor and serious ideas definitely won't be to everyone's taste. Mm-hmm. But either way, this anti-hate film... Um, oh my god, sorry, cut away here. Give me a second. Continue talking. I'll find it. <laughs> it cut away. I don't know why it cut away. That's well, that's terrible of Sam to not do that. I don't, know if we, stupid. I don't know if we should even bother. Oh, there we right. go. Uh, but either way, Taika Waititi's film is tender, daring, and sharp, precisely pitched so that it keeps, it keeps its path steady and its ambitions in check. So that's basically it. I agree um, with that like it was like well done it's just like there's mm-hmm. and then here's another crit oh my god this is really hard is that really Jojo hard? rabbit uh-huh. yeah this is just one more um the jojo rabbit is many things well-intentioned among them brilliant it is not <laughs> i think that's that's another one um uh, like, so i kind of agree with that too like it's nothing it's not like a masterpiece by any means but it's a good movie yeah and like this, this, this critic kind of like gets my point because this is where I was coming from too with what I said about me trying to envision it if it was like something about slavery, for instance, right? Because yeah. this critic goes, Jojo Rabbit doesn't work as a satire because no matter how much time has passed, the tragedy continues to overwhelm the ridiculous. So that's the thing too, where it's like this was only literally like, you know, maybe I don't know, nineteen. How many years have passed between nineteen forty-five and now? That's like uh, about eighty. Eighty years. Yeah, like it's not. I don't know. It's still too soon. <laughs> the way I see, I don't know. I, I um, feel like it wouldn't be nearly as much of an issue if there weren't so many fucking Nazis now. Yeah, and I'm not gonna excuse the movie, but I just wanted to get in one uh nice, clean, solid, fuck Nazis on your guys' show. So anyway oh, no one no one likes nazis except nazis so yeah, but exactly. even nazis don't like nazis yeah, yeah. i feel like we should start wrapping up then yep um this movie does have an audience score of 94 percent, however which means 94 percent of people who saw it liked it yeah um, i don't take audience scores on rotten tomatoes seriously because like that means someone who went on to rotten tomatoes and was like 94 percent. i really enjoyed this movie while someone who didn't like the movie would just be like eh, i'm not gonna bother right there's huge oh, bias yeah. in that too, because people who just think the movie is okay aren't gonna turn and be like, oh, "I'll just go with it anyway." Yeah, yeah, like, yeah that's true. I love it or I hate it, and they're the only people voting. Yeah. Ah, let's do. Let's start wrapping up to do that's final fair. thoughts and um, yeah. So rating. So over here, um, over here, at Northern Critic, we rate and review our movies based, uh, well, using a coordinate system rather. Um, so we have North. For good writing, uh, writing's writing's kind of on the north to south scale. Uh, south is for bad writing, so north for good writing, south for bad writing. In a similar fashion, we have east for good cinematography or style um, or casting. You know all the other stuff, lighting, just the art style behind the movie. Um, and west, if you know the overall artistic style of the movie was bad. Um, so yeah, I don't know who wants to go first. I can go first. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I will probably give this movie a... Mm, I don't know. 
I'm just going to put it in the middle for me. Zero, zero origin point. Like, the writing was good, but it's not mind-blowing good. You know, it's not like writing that got me off my seat a lot. Um, however, the comedy was fun and great. Uh, Cinematography-wise, actually, maybe I'll just go east. Uh, Cinematography-wise and style, um, it was pretty good. I loved the casting. The people who acted were brilliant. Um, again, I know a lot of people hate on Scarlett Johansson, but, you know, 100%, I think she's one of the greatest actresses in, like, the past two decades, even, maybe, decade or two. Um, so she's been holding up pretty well. Um, slowly becoming, like, our generation's version of Meryl Streep, maybe. Who knows? Um, but she's doing pretty good. So I have to disagree with you on that. Maybe. <laughs> like, may, like who else? who else is out there? Who else could... Who else would do it, right? Um, that's the thing. Because, like, I would say someone like Viola Davis, maybe. But, like, black women in, like, the Oscars or, like, in the Academy, that's a different story. Yeah, but as day. I keep saying, um, the Oscars, they're not important. Yeah, so that's the thing, too, right? Because, in my opinion, I think Viola Davis is literally on par with Meryl Streep as an actress. Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, whatever. But, yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I just give it. I give the movie just an east. It just goes straight east for me. The writing's in the middle, but the casting and style was great. So that's all I'll say. Who wants to go next? Um, I'll go. Yeah. I, I'm, okay. I'm not gonna say like a strong northeast, mm -hmm. but like I think like the plot is kind of meh. Mm. Uh, but like. The movie's well written, in a yeah. sense, like strictly a writing standpoint. Mm -hmm. In that they established ideas at the beginning of the movie, and they used those to elicit reaction and um, progress the plot, like towards the end of the movie. Like we talked about with the shoes, like there's a like like it's, pretty good. It's incredibly sweet and adorable that it's like, mm -hmm. okay, his mother taught him to tie his shoes, even though he's 10, and kept tying his shoes over and over again. Sees her shoes, un shoes untied when she's being hung. Or after she's, like, while well, she's, hit, like, hung in the square. And then also, he ties Elsa's shoes at the end. It's like, yeah. that's, okay. Like, it's just a good, like, it's small, but it's, like, those things that kind of bring a movie together. Right. Um, See that—that's where I was kind of confused too, because I was like, would I put that in writing or in like the just overall directing style of it, you know? Because writing it and then like also direct like directing is a different thing too, where it's like that could have been a direct a directorial choice, not necessarily Isn't in it, the writing. Didn't he do all of it? Like, that's probably yeah. written. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Okay, you're right. That's true. It's probably. It does seem like a it. very much like a like three act structure out of a book. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it was an adaptation, so that could be where that came that from. That could be why, yeah. That's true. Um, and I think the casting was good. Honestly, mm -hmm. I thought the casting was fantastic. Yeah. Like, Scarlett Johansson aside, um, Romaine Griffin Davis did a, like, a really good job of the scared kid who's just trying to learn. Uh, Taika Waititi did a fantastic job as Hitler. Uh, Rebel Wilson played every character Rebel Wilson played and just added, like, as a nice, like, side character. And, like, Sam Rockwell did... He was a... I, I really liked, like, Captain Klitzendorf, like, as a character. And I think he did a good job portraying, like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm just, like, this washed-up, like, soldier kind of guy. And, mm -hmm. I, like, and in reality, like, he didn't really lead on 
Right. Like, could you imagine how was... fun it would have been to write, direct, and play Hitler for Taika Waititi? That would have been so much fun. <laughs> oh God. But, yeah. Uh, could you imagine just I was being so on set with your director dressed as Hitler, like taking I don't want to say orders, but taking direction from it from him. Like that has to added like some sort of just like food and theme to filming this. I just thought it was great, you know, because like he was that just shows as a director he had his hands in everything, which I applaud. That that was just fantastic. It was great, um, and I like this like Hollywood. Well, I guess not really Hollywood, but directors are doing this more now, where basically the films they direct are more like a representation of themselves. And they almost feel the need to make cameos in their own films now, which like a lot of them started doing. Um, you know, I think Tarantino did it in, in like uh, Django Unchained back then as well. So like you're getting this recurring theme of the directors just popping up in their own movies, which I, I think is kind of cool. Um, but yeah. Um, I think that's about like it wasn't yeah. anything like masterful. Mm hmm. Like Cinema, like uh, I don't know a ton about cinematography. Like again, like my my expertise are video games and books, but like mm-hmm. C- cinematography wise, I will mention part of why I give the movie an E is because the color grading of this movie. I've been doing research into film because I'm shooting my own short film soon, and especially when it comes to like you know scrubbing up scenes and polishing them up to look, um, n- you know, more vibrant and nicer than the raw image that you captured, um. The raw image of this film compared to the finish that we're watching on TV is completely different. Like, I know the one scene where they're walking in the square with all of, like, the, you know, the uh, um, the Nazi banners, like, you know, in red, all draped down and whatever. The actual banners in the raw footage are not that red, right? They have to use color grading and stuff like that to make all those colors pop more. Um, Scarlett Johansson's lipstick as well, the, like hot pink well it wasn't hot pink it was like a really bright shade of pink lipstick they color graded it as well it doesn't look like that in real life obviously but they polished it up so it looks that way um i just thought that little it showed little, little side note on lipstick in america during this is for all you beauty gurus out there for all that color shade of lipstick in america at the time was known as victory red and it actually, like, I know they color graded it for, but it was to achieve that bright red lipstick that it actually is that color. And when you it see it, really, not it on TV. Even, it wasn't really red, though. Like, it was more pink. Mm-hmm. It was like, if you rewatch the movie, you would see that it wasn't, it wasn't even red. It was like a. Orange on mine, but I watched a pirated version of the movie. Looked orange. <laughs> it looked orange to me. So, I mean, oh, we're getting goodness. different perspectives. So, I mean, yeah. I could be seeing it. At, as red, you could be seeing it as pink. <laughs> yeah, so I saw like the 4K version because of my cable. Mm-hmm. Like I just have like everything on demand. But it was, yeah. Um, I don't know. So like I thought that was pretty cool. So from that perspective, it was polished up really nicely. The cinematics were great. Like it, they clearly spent their time with this film. Like I'm gonna be honest. Like mm-hmm. the guys who worked on polishing up the raw footage to make it look the way it looks as we watched it um those guys worked their socks off because it's not easy i cannot see just even one person do that they probably had that entire team working on that so yeah pretty much yeah i just liked some of the shots that they did too like just the (laughs) uh, 
<laughs> what? What have I done? So perfect. So perfect. I just like the shots. I love that. Line. I was gonna. I like. I like some of the like the framing. Yo, like, okay, rip me for this. I again, I'm awful. I'm sorry. We're, we're taking that as a as a quote for the mercs. I was like, what? We're gonna take that quote for the Merc shirts. Like for the t-shirts oh, we want you make. I just, I like just the liked, shots. I liked that they used a camera. It was cool. Everybody In particularly, I liked the scene where he found his mom. I was yeah. Like, very well done in my opinion. It's very Schindler's list. Yes, I agree. It's very much like I was like what I've been reading lately is a lot of gross. And, like, one thing that they do is, like, they don't tell you what happened, but they heavily, heavily imply it. And, like, this isn't really, like, implied by any means because, like, you can tell evidently that his mom is dead. Yeah. And that's why he's freaking out. But, like, the way they they, they don't show her whole body. And they foreshadow it. Yeah, they just show the shoes. Yeah, and that's enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they foreshadow like it by saying, you know, how long has it been since your mom like came home, you know, and stuff like that too. Oh yeah, and it shows yeah. that, and like I don't know, it shows like they, this isn't like related to this, but like in regards to like that same setting, um, they, uh, talking about like the bodies that they see like being hung, like uh, JoJo and his mom. It's like where they're like, oh, we still left that guy hanging up there. Wait, which one was that? Gestapo's are leaving, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we need to get back. We still have that guy hanging out oh, there." Oh yeah, I oh that yeah. Mm. I I remember his mom just like him trying to look away, and his mom is like, "Don't no, don't look away. Like look at them." They tried and, like, to, she, and yeah, and she's like, "They yeah. tried to do the right thing." Yeah, that mm-hmm. was like a big deal, and like I, mm-hmm. in retrospect, like it was really good foreshadowing. But mm-hmm. regardless, I go like a light northeast on this one. Yeah, that's so, fair. If that makes sense, that's not how photography works by any means but a light northeast <laughs> so like you know you're going east but like slightly north you know so you're not going quite straight east you're going it's a, it's, it's a movie it's like yeah. north northeast yeah. today you're we'll more, have a more, night you're more going to france than you're going to the uk you know? yes i was yeah. gonna say and today <laughs> we'll have a light northeast wind out of at a pro- approximately five kilometers an hour <laughs> yeah. so it turns into the the weather channel <laughs> No, I know. Like it's gonna snow again in Winnipeg. Oh, don't say that. Hey, bro. This is twenty twenty. All right, who's who's going next? I guess I'll go. I am going to give this movie a slight southeast. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I guess I just couldn't click with the writing, mm-hmm. and I'm giving it like a little east, like. I did like some of the shots. I did like some of the stuff. All the characters are great. And I know, like, Jordan just gave Rainbow Wilson praise. I didn't like Rainbow Wilson in this movie. Hey, to be fair, I gave her praise because she got typecast. She did get typecast. And like, that's just what Rebel Wilson does. That's just <laughs> okay. what Rebel Wilson does. And I can't get tired of Rebel Wilson after a bit. That's fair. That's, that's valid. I, I can only handle her in small doses. Yeah. Like, she keeps doing the same character over and over again. And, like, I have a big problem with actors and actresses who do the same character over and over again, right? Kevin Hart, I love him as a comedian, and I used to love his movies, but I can never watch another Kevin Hart movie. Because it's always the same character over and over again. And Pam's turning into an SMR again. (laughs) 
What? See, yeah. I feel like they're just doing it as like a job. At as that a job? Like, Wait, Pam Dawson, you? And you're gonna clear like. Oh, I'm not doing figures. SMR. I'm literally just eating chocolates out of an open package. Yeah, I can hear the package. I haven't even touched the package. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> We could hear someone opening a packet of something. Yeah. <laughs> and this is Jordan. I have no idea what that was. I, the package was sitting wrong. open on my counter. Man. I hear this. Okay, I don't know what that was then. Okay. That's me. But I'm I just have like super hearing that. that. <laughs> I've been muting my mic. Like, I've been on. on Yo, Loki, would we are turning into an ASMR on the streets. <laughs> That's your next April Fool's episode. Book it. Jeez. I'm really sure that. And I'll just <laughs> us whispering softly into the mic. Yeah, yeah, no. No, from the mic to breathe. This honestly, this movie is just devastated. Nobody got my fucking chocolate rain reference. Sorry, bro. (laughs) Clearly, I'm not in the company of culture at this point. No, I just probably didn't hear it. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. That's that's where I'm going with this. Nobody understood my reference to a fucking meme from 2010. Can you repeat the meme? Well, I just said uh, you, you move away from your mic to breathe, and no one said anything. It's like, oh. come on, y'all. Really? No. I asked for so little. My writer included literally scones and to get my jokes. You That's get it. your scones. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, as you know what? The they do... is done, you get your scones. Yes. You know, they do the same thing to me on the podcast a lot when I make references and everyone's just quiet. And I'm just like, oh, they just breezed past that. No one no one got that. But I well, like, our... don't want to acknowledge you, Sam. Yeah, we just don't <laughs> acknowledge you. Because you either make really shitty puns or sometimes you tell a story that's not funny. And we're like, do we say it's not funny or... <laughs> oh, fuck off. Okay. <laughs> it's so funny to me. That's what matters. Yeah. Yeah. Like, as long, that's why we don't say anything. That's why we don't say anything. It's like, if you're having fun with your jokes, then I'm going to let you have fun with your jokes. Alone. <laughs> In this group podcast. Alone. Honestly, That's movie. the offshoot. When when this when the, the podcast inevitably implodes, it'll just be like some stories, and he'll just tell like really weird off-brand stories for like 30 minutes to himself alone. To himself. Honestly, Loki, this podcast sometimes... Do we even review movies anymore, or do we just use the excuse to tell stories? I feel like the, it's oh, like a review sandwich. Like I feel like, yeah, we we just do everything, and it's one big sloppy mess of a sandwich. So getting better though. Shall we yeah, let Uchi continue his review? Final <laughs> thoughts. My final thoughts for this movie. Make a sandwich. Make a slurpy sandwich. My final thoughts for this movie are not that deep because, like, I just the shitty thing is the next morning I watched this movie Tuesday on Tuesday. The next morning, which was Wednesday, I'd already pretty much forgot about this movie and it didn't help that later that movie i did a netflix party and i watched a really funny great movie and i was like man i wish we did that movie instead of jojo rabbit for the podcast so yeah my opinion this movie is just average that's fair yeah that's fair i like i i can see where you're coming from with that because again to me like i loved some of the comedy not all of it but some of it um but it wasn't like is it something that i'm going to remember five to ten years from now be like oh my god that's a great movie no you know like i'm not gonna i'll be like yeah i've seen jojo rabbit but probably like four years from now three years from now probably just not even gonna remember what happened um all i remember is just it was about nazis probably um so that's the thing right there was nothing as memorable from this 
Um, whereas, you know, I don't know. It just feels like other, most of the other movies that are in the discussion for Best Academy Award or whatever had certain scenes that you just remember them for. You know, like Parasite. There's so much you fucking remember from Parasite, <laughs> from Parasite to be honest. Um, but the main thing you remember from Parasite is, you know, rich and poor people, like, struggle, well, poor people struggling to serve rich people, right? That's the core concept. Um, with Joker, what you're getting is, you know, this guy who's, like, slowly going insane because everything in his life is falling apart. And he also has a mental condition to, you know, top, it's basic Joker shit. Um, with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I would always remember Brad Pitt. Because his acting in that was just great, and the hippies. Um, so there's there's already iconic things there with Jojo Rabbit. Like I don't see myself. I don't even remember the main character's name. So it's already gonna be hard for me to remember a lot of things from, you know, months or whatever years down the line. So I already know that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's kind of like what I I would add to that. I can see that. It's not like like again like it's not a fantastic like. I think it's a good movie, mm-hmm. but it's not fantastic. It's not memorable. Yeah, and like I, I recommended it. Like I told like my girlfriend, like, "Hey, you should watch this movie." I think you. Oh yeah, for sure. Stuff like that. Like it's a but, fun like, watch. I I yeah, liken it to a Fast and Furious like, movie, right? It's yeah. like you would watch yeah. it for fun. Yeah. But yeah, don't take it too too seriously. We have mm-hmm. to. That's y'all's job. Although I, most people on this podcast would tell you, Sam holds Fast and Furious to a high standard. Um, they're the one franchise that I feel like does their job right. <laughs> so Fast and like Furious never dead, disappoints. Like, just going to town, like they just they go bigger and bigger with each new installment, and yeah. it's, and it it's gets just more so and more great. ridiculous. And, and we just lean into that ridiculous. I'm just waiting <laughs> for Fast and Furious in space. We're going to do Fast yeah. and Furious Nine, but that's not happening. <sighs> oh yeah, we were. I was so excited for that one. For those of our listeners listening, I promise you, when we do Fast 9, eventually, you're going to be in for a treat, because I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to come with so many things. I'm going to come with pre-recorded sounds of some of the cars from the movie. Oh, God, God, shoot me now. Nope. As long as I'm I'm still editing, I'm not editing the sound of a random car inside the podcast. (laughs) I'm going to come in with, like, you know... Just all of the catchphrases, because there's so many from the trailer. So yeah. many catchphrases in the movie let's, already. So. Let's throw it to yeah. Pam so she can say her final thoughts and then wrap up. <laughs> I was just going right. to say, um, can I can, can I do my review now? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I'm going to give this movie a slight northeast. I mean, I fully enjoyed it. Um, when I went into it, I kind of went into it just as like a... I'd say a mind melt watch where it's just something I would put on to just enjoy, you know, not really pay attention to it. Um, Just like something you'd watch on a lazy Saturday afternoon when you're in a food coma from eating a really big pancake breakfast. Um, The writing though was pretty decent. I did like how it was very different from what I expected. Like I was expecting a comedy and then it kind of got that darker aspect. Um, Acting was decent. Um, costumes are very good. Like I said, flight northeast. Um, too too much more about it. I mean, if this was a numerical scale, I'd give it a solid six out of ten. But that's about it. Like, am I gonna go out of my way to watch this movie again? Probably not. 
would be the kind of movie that if this was 2002 and you found it in a $5 bin, you'd buy it and it would end up at the back of the movie cupboard. Yeah. yeah. So you'd, I feel like you'd still be happy with that purchase. That's exactly yeah, it. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. Because like, you could put it on when you have friends over or something. something... Like, it's like, okay, go back to your high school friends hangout where you're hanging out in your friend's garage or friend's basement. There's like 10 of you. You're eating shitty store-bought popcorn. A little bit high. A li- yeah, a little bit high. Well, and you're like, bad. let's just watch a Yeah, we don't condone drugs movie, and drinking right? on this podcast. Don't <laughs> yeah, yet as, as I'm pounding back years on the podcast. Um, Get it. But like, you would sit and just watch it and just like stay up till two in the morning watching it and you'd just be sitting there with your buddies just shooting the shit and laughing through 90% of the movie. Yeah. That is a very good way to put it. Yeah. 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 I think that describes this movie pretty decently. Yeah, yeah. honestly, that's like very like nail on the head. Like, yeah, that, that's definitely where <laughs> I can see watching this movie. Yeah. So basically like, I from... Like... Oh, yeah, I think sorry, maybe I shouldn't have watched this movie by myself. Yeah, I feel like it would have been better with someone else. See, yeah. I watched it by myself, but I mean, I live by myself in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> so it's in quarantine. Yeah, and it's in quarantine. So not that I would have someone be coming over to watch movies with me anyways. I know like two people out here who actually are kind of friendly to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, I still enjoyed it, even though it was by myself. I actually think I might have spent part of the time watching this movie on the phone with my sister. <laughs> so basically from us here at Northern Critic, for those those listening in, um, we're basically telling you, go see the movie if you haven't seen it. It's a fun watch. It's not going to be the kind of movie that you will remember long term, I would imagine, um, unless you're really, really into Nazis, which is cool. Um, it's not, not really. cool. It's uh, not cool to be into Nazis. Don't a, give them that's that. why I said not really. Um, I feel like even then, it, like Nazis wouldn't be into it because it tells history as it was, and the Nazis. Yeah. Didn't. See, if I you're feel listening like this... right now, and you're a Nazi, you fucking lost. Get over yeah, it. Stop watching. <laughs> See, <laughs> I feel like this would be the kind of movie. Like growing up, um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Men in Tights. Okay, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. It's a Mel Brooks movie. I remember finding it at the back of the movie cupboard when I was like six or seven years old on VHS and going to my dad and being like, what is this? And my dad looking at me going, okay, we're going to watch this because it's just, it's a movie kind of like Jojo Rabbit, better than Jojo Rabbit. Like that movie is like a classic to me. Um, It's like that kind of movie that in like, you know, 25 years when we have kids, our kids might find it the back of the movie cupboard. I know that won't exist by then, but that can be like, hey, mom or dad, what is this? Okay, enough to watch this. Let's just go have a mind develop, right? Even find Jojo Rabbit. I don't think it's even good enough to like be fine, unless like they just stumbled into it on accident. You know? Well, that's exactly. It's like the stu- yeah. the stumbled the... on like Netflix. Like, hey, dad, on your forever long watch list, what's this movie? Yeah, like I said, the movie <laughs> cupboard won't exist. I'm from the generation of the VHS cupboard. Oh, don't worry. I had a VHS cupboard as well. Oh my goodness, no! I'm gonna say yeah, I'm the mom on this podcast. I'm on the podcast. Uh, yeah, no. Um, I guess we should start wrapping up. Yes, let's throw in plugs. Jordan, plug yourself. Oh boy. Uh, okay. This is practice for when I go onto that show in a few weeks. I got. I do wow. show. Lots of guest appearances. This I knew I should have written this down. He's using um, us as, He's using our show as practice. He's just using us as a stepping stone. Wow. I say we're the first. We we launched you. We we made your career. 
Look, oh if God. I start like getting some like <laughs> mad Twitch viewers from you guys, like trust me, I will just start I'll return those scones, Uchi. I'll, I'll deliver cookies. Return those scones. <laughs> I want banana um, bread, not cookies. Banana dog, bread. I'll get you banana. I don't give a fuck. If I if you get me like way more viewers, like I'm I'm down. That's my goal. My, I want to turn. I don't want to do a real job. Having a boss yeah. is the shittiest thing I've ever Unless done. Once you plug yourself, that's your connecting listeners. Our listeners, I'm not we love gonna them. lie. We'll also check you out for those that love Twitch streaming. You know, I'm not gonna lie. I actually had to switch arms because I'm on my phone right now, and my my right arm fucking went numb. That's very fair. <laughs> very fair. Yeah. Um, All right. My plug though. Uh, yes, I stream on Twitch. Uh, mm -hmm. Twitch.tv slash short malfunction. Uh, I've recently started turning towards role playing games to try and find better stories in video games and some of the narratives and music and scores anything you can um the first uh, game coming up legend of zelda breath of the wild absolutely fantastic game uh i also run a uh, book club uh titled arcanum unbound in which we take fantasy books and we dissect them and we go into character development world building the writing anything you can think of anything you want to talk about um and we're we're We've done mostly big authors with that, but we're working towards getting indie authors and bringing them onto the show. So if any of that interests you, let me know. Um, but you can find me on uh, Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash malfunction, Twitch slash malfunction, uh, Instagram is Twitch malfunction or disrupt malfunction. I got two. One's for nerd shit. Basically, what I'm telling you is if you like nerdy stuff, come find me. I like it a lot, too. I do a lot of D&D. I do a lot of world building. I, build, I make maps. That's my biz. I think that's my oh, my plug. you make maps. I might need I your help later maps. on. Okay, that's good I to actually, know. I actually made a whole bunch recently um, mm -hmm. to overlay on my D&D streams. Nice. So it's like the okay. evolution of uh, the world that I'm building. Mm -hmm. Oh, I should also mention that I'm writing a book. That's a very early process, so I don't hey, know if I want to plug that I was going to say, there there's go. three of us on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Mm -hmm. If you guys need an editor, I know someone. She's a good friend of mine. Fantastic okay, human. good. Um, relatively nice. cheap. Okay. Anyway, um, I did I that mean, overlay. I published mine, but I'll oh, really? I'm, That's awesome. I'm getting another to the now, editing. But, yeah. Probably in the next two months, I'll be at the editing phase. Yeah, I'm very early in my writing process, but um, <laughs> you got to start somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I and I don't know if it's I, I don't expect it to be good, but I got to write it. You know. I'm 15 chapters into the one dude this year that I'm releasing this year oh, so yeah. far. So I yeah, think I'm it's crazy. three, but my chapters are like the longest chapter I have is like nine pages. So mm, mm -hmm. big on like that short form chapter thing where it's like, you don't have to like, I like Patrick Rothfuss and what he does. He does little vignettes, puts them all together, turns it into a novel. Um, right. And so he has some chapters that are like half a page. Hmm. Right. Not that I, extreme, I was but... I'm, I'm mine's kind of following a more um uh jesus christ what am i forgetting the author <laughs> the author for harry potter fuck jk <laughs> rowling oh, wait, jk rowling there we go I'll, it's a good thing i didn't say tolkien um jk rowling i was gonna wow. say seriously yeah that'd be two um, unnecessary okay. references to Loki, lord of the rings jk rowling. rowling is still canceled but continue yeah, retweet. Well, yeah, but I was going for a more J.K. Rowling or like you know, um, R. Martin type, uh, with mine because it is a huge world. Um, mm -hmm. uh, shameless plug: Asteri comes out this year, so check check that out. Although I will plug it eventually. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I want to see that out. book. Um, but yeah, like it is fantasy. Um, with a lot of mirror elements, I stole a lot of it. Uh, a lot of the 
whatever for, for it. Um, a lot of the mythos for for it from African mythology. Um, so it's pretty, uh, it's fucking fantastic. Um, Cause I introduced that into, you know, a steampunk type universe, uh, the airships, all of those type of things. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So even within that, you, I'm having chapters where I'm telling my stories from, I have two main characters. So both of the stories are going from both of their perspectives, plus the villain's perspective. So I'm having multiple perspectives in the book from multiple characters that all eventually line up and like merge at some point later on in the book. And then they all connect together. So it's got to be a little bit that way. Really off kilter from both of yours. (laughs) (laughs) Romance stuff. Mm-hmm. That's so. what my editor is actually dealing with right now. Like she's got mm-hmm. like a ton of like romance. Like she does Excellent. it full time, but out of her house kind of deal. Like nothing crazy, yeah. but yeah, I might mm-hmm. get her name just because I will need that. But yeah, like mine's very mm-hmm. fantasy, like not fantasy based, but like romance based. I try to act her yeah. chapter yeah. just so there is like a kind of a steady flow. Because I mean, I don't know if you've read much romance novel. But sometimes you can get chapter that's like three page pages long with so much shit happens, and you get an next ten page super dry chapter. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the thing too. Um, also, I will like to plug uh, psychedelic stories right now by S.S. Shinobi. That's out right now as well. I wrote that one. Um, definitely more. That one's more indie, I guess. Um, that's the best word to use for it. Not too much fantasy going on. Um, but more mind-bending psychologic shit. You know, that's why it's called Psychedelic Stories. Five short stories. Go check it out. Uh, if you haven't, just Google Psychedelic Stories by SS Shinobi. You'll find it straight away. Um, it'll pop up in your feed or whatever. Um, and shout out to um, at Rama actually right now who uh, basically tagged the book so at, on Instagram. So it went public today as well, which I kind of love. So it's been out since December. But people, like, I, I find it interesting that people are just reading it now during quarantine and are enjoying it, and they're spreading it to other people as well. That's cool. Um, That's really cool. Yeah, so that paycheck from McNally is going to look pretty nice. Oh, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> that's, where, that's where my guest appearance money's coming from, right? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. But no, honestly, to those of us, uh, those of our listeners listening in who also have a copy of the book, thank you so much. It means a lot for you to support me because, like... This is what I want my life to be, reviewing movies, making movies, writing screenplays, and writing novels. So I just want to create shit with my life. So, yeah, thank you so much. You're the, you're the one supporting all of this. Um, yeah. Um, you can find our website oh, – sorry, you can find us on Instagram, rather, at Northern Critic UMFM. Again, that's at Northern Critic UMFM. Okay. You can find us on Twitter at Northern underscore critic, Northern underscore critic. And we do have a website as well. And it is just, it's very simple, just northerncritic.com. That's all it is. And you can find like our catalog of movies that we've reviewed in the past with short little snippets of that as well. The website is still in the early development phase as we only have maybe 15 to 16 episodes out for now. Um, but eventually more content is going to be added to the website in terms of, you know, merch or whatever or uh, promos that we're doing or stuff like that as well eventually down the line or maybe even Patreon. Who knows? 
Um, so yeah, but there's a there's a bar for you to subscribe with your email and stuff, so then you can keep track of the latest updates as well and stuff. But yeah, pretty much. Shall Uchi um, and I plug each, plug ourselves? Go for it. Uchi, do you want to go? Yeah, I guess I'll go first Oof. since Pamela jumps out all the time. Uh yeah, you can find me on Instagram. It's underscore Uchi199. It's underscore Uchi199. I don't post super often, but you can follow my stories. I'm, I'm dropping shit on my story all the time. Whether it's He's something. Also a cutie. And I am also very cute. I am very cute. He's very cute. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with me, you can find He's me on. He's a thirst Insta- trap. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, pal. Just I denied. <laughs> Wait, when I talk about thirst traps, I remember this meme that Michael sent me about thirst traps on Instagram. I laughed so much. I wish he was here to explain it to you. Like, I'll probably forward it to, to you guys in the group chats. I'll put it on my story later for anyone who follows me. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting, Pam. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Winter Beauty. That's Winter Beauty with an I instead of a Y. Um, I post a lot of my traveling stuff, a little bit of my writing. Um, obviously, right now, with the quarantine going on, not doing any traveling. So, it's pretty much um, the home photo shot, shoot challenge and my foster cats. But, yeah. So, that's basically it for me. All right. I guess before we go, I, I, I think I recommended this last week, but I'm going to recommend it again. Um, other than the movies we review, if you're looking for a TV show to watch um, while you're stuck bored at home, um, Money Heist will be the way to go. I will recommend that again uh, because it is on part four right now on Netflix. Each episode is almost an hour long, so trust me, you're going to be watching for a while because there's technically four seasons, um, but it's great. Um, yeah, so give it a watch if you haven't. It The original is in Spanish, um, so I will recommend watching it in Spanish because it syncs with their mouths. I find it really hard to watch films when you know what they're saying doesn't sync with what they're I don't know. Doesn't the audio doesn't sync with the way their mouths move, and it just when it looks screws. like an old kung fu movie. Yeah, it just it, it messes with me when that happens. And plus, it it'll help you brush up on a little bit Spanish because I've been watching it with people as well, and like I speak a little bit of Spanish, but the people I've been watching it with, they've been picking up a little bit by just watching it as well. So like, I was surprised when you know I had a friend. I asked I asked her. Uh, how many uh, cookies, like pieces of cookies she wanted. And she was like, ocho. And I was like, that's eight. Like she, she that, that was just because she heard it in the movie. So she did okay. just the little tidbits here and there you might pick up, but watch it. It's great. I want to close off the podcast by saying this, right? Mm-hmm. Loki people who watch anime, when they throw random Japanese words in, they're fucking weebs. And that's weird, right? But when someone watches a Spanish show and they throw in ocho, it's like, oh my gosh, that's kind of cute. Look at you learning a different language. Oh my gosh. I, okay, oh, you say that, but me. I throw Japanese into every. I throw Japanese all the time. When you, which is when weird. you, when you brought me food, I did say. <laughs> yes, and remember, I even called you out on it because you were like, you called me out on it too. You're like ikidakimas, and I was like, do you even know what that means? Yeah, it means thank you for the meal, doesn't it? I don't know what it means, so I can't answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, you always hear it when anime characters get fed and they say it as a thank you. So I yeah, but it. sometimes it always says something different. Sometimes it's like thank you for the meal. Sometimes it's bless this food. Sometimes it's bless those thighs. 
Either way, it's a compliment. Okay. Let's <laughs> so. actually wrap up and go, guys. Yeah. Can I? Can I make a quick recommendation? Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently watched the Rocket Man movie. Um. I say go watch it, and also the, I want to say fourth season of Last Kingdom's out on Sunday, and I mean, the first three seasons were good, so go watch the next. The Last Kingdom is really good. Yeah, yeah. so, but yeah. I love that, The Last Kingdom. We're wrapping uh, up. I, I will tell people, though, if you're watching See, The Last Kingdom, you're going to hear this name a lot. we never wrap up in time because Sam keeps going on and on and on Okay, sometimes. okay, it's, right, it's not just me. Shut up. It's not just me. Um... Yeah, your favorite word after watching Last Kingdom is going to be Uthred. So just make sure you remember that. Anyways, that's it. That's all I'm going to say. With wrapping up the podcast, we're going to sign off the way we have been since this whole COVID Wait, started. Wait, maybe Jordan remember... has a recommendation. What? Do you have a recommendation? Like of what? <laughs> yeah, what am I recommending? I have recommendations for like, a lot of things, dude. Oh just my for, God. Uh, like a, a TV show or a film that you enjoy oh, that video you want game. people to check out. Or a video game, yeah. I feel like I should stick. I'm going to do two. I'm going to do two. Mm -hmm. Because my thing is books and video games. Okay. If you want a big, excessive, uncomfortably expansive game that doesn't work appropriately but is a ton of fun, uh, Mountain Blade 2 Bannerlord. Fantastic Mm -hmm. game. Fiefdom Simulator. Great. Uh, If you want... I'm trying to think of the best book I've read in probably in, in our book club. You know, I'd probably go ahead and recommend. We did a little hatred by Joe Abercrombie, but I would start at the beginning of the series and read uh, the first Law trilogy. I think it's the Last Argument of Kings is the first book. Check those out. It's a long read. Fantastic way. He does a bunch of different main characters. Fantastic book. And also JoJo's Bizarre Adventure for anime because that show sucks yeah. in the best way. Jojo's Bizarre Adventure is a giant fucking meme. It is, it is. a giant fucking it. meme. Anyway, yeah. those are my All recommendations. Right. Cool, cool, cool. All right, signing off. Show. So we'll wrap up the podcast like we have been since the beginning of this whole COVID-19 thing. Remember, stay safe. Don't be a jerk. Wash your hands. Don't touch your balls. Yeah. Mm. Bye. Bye. Bye.